I'm Peter Cahoon and this is Better Ideas. Now, if you're listening on the ACAST app, you can check out all the images of this podcast. Well worth taking a look. Next, I've got Carolyn Burns McCrave, the tiny designer princess. This time she's talking her own secret passion style. She's made it up herself. Now, Carolyn, we're talking about people's passions. We spoke to Ed about his photography. Now, as design mentor on House Rules, you have a secret passion. You've got to confess your own personal style here. I do. Now, I because do. you're renovating your own house. Well, we've actually, we've just finished. Mm. Uh, so it's a, a new build that we moved into 18 months ago. And I set myself the challenge to build a, a, build a basic box of a house. Yeah. What I would refer to as a soulless box and very cookie cutter and then add layers of decoration and turn it into a house that looks bespoke and customised and and like I had sat at my drawing board for six months and designed every last detail but without the price tag because I couldn't afford to build what I would design myself. So you've created a blank canvas of, of a home. Absolutely. In which... In which One I, of Australia's leading interior stylists and designers now has to make something for herself. Now, that yes. can be very daunting. Ask an architect to design a house for himself. Where does he start? It's like It's a nightmare. Yeah. And I think for me, actually, um, starting with a box was easier. I'm Because I'm, I'm a building designer as well. So um, most of my work is renovations and extensions. I've, I've done quite a few, you know, bowl it over and start from scratch. Mm. I find that so daunting. If somebody just gives me a block of land and says, away you go, this is mm. your brief and mm. design me something. Are, That's harder than a starting point and then layering on mm. top of that. I find that yeah, a oh, bit easier. It, it, easier. I remember having a conversation with, uh, with a great old architect, Philip Cox, one of Australia's greatest ever architects. And I said to Phil, and he's a very good artist, a very good painter. And we're at his house and I was looking at some of his paintings. And I said, Philip, you could have been an artist. Look at this. He goes, Peter, there'd be nothing more horrifying or terrifying to stand in front of a blank canvas. Absolutely. At least, at least an architect generally has a brief, a budget, and a site to respond to and some parameters. Yes. So then you would have had to give yourself some parameters, Carolyn, to design in your blank canvas of a box. Exactly. What were they and what was the result? So I was having quite a moment with chinoiserie and that sort of whole, you know, late 18th century Asian fusion and then add a little bit of sort of New York you know, Kelly Wurstler, Jonathan Adler, glam <laughs> to it. A little bit sort of, you know, a little bit of Hollywood Regency with, with the chinoiserie. But then I love colour and I love vintage. So vintage is my is my dark little All secret. All I can see is a fruit salad here at the moment. Do you know, architectural it's, fruit it's, salad. It's, well, so <laughs> <laughs> let me explain. So what I had to make sure was that the the spaces I was dealing with were really rational. So I was really lucky that the, the builder that was building our house – let me rework the floor plan. So I'd already sorted out all of my sight lines and had all my datum lines right and I'd move doors and windows so that I I knew exactly how I was going to go through the space and how I was going to experience it. All the while knowing in the back of my head where I was going to have moments and where the eye was going to rest and what I was going to move to. I'm just going to stop you because you've, you've hit on a very, very important design point when you are designing people think start thinking about the color of the taps and the carpet before they get the circulation spaces Mm, right or the rooms i think getting the circulation how you move from one space to the next is the most important thing you can do before you even start planning your rooms so that's what you did first yeah because in in my professional life as a designer my um special 
my specialty area is spatial planning mm. and especially taking spaces and reworking them without extending. I'm a real believer that you should design it better, not build it bigger. So I'm always about, you know, spaces doing double duty, just how you're going to experience different areas, delineating delineating spaces, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I was very lucky I was able to rationalise the floor plan because, face it, volume builder floor plans are are not the architectural marvels that we'd all love to live in. So, you know, they were very accommodating anyway, so I had had a good crack at that. Uh, And then it was just... was I had to choose finishes that were, you know, on their books as this is what you can choose from. So that was that was a massive challenge because yeah. I'm used to just going, well, I'll have this, this and this. Yeah. So those parameters were quite set. So there was things that I upgraded and things that I changed. A lot of things I left off. So I left off all of the joinery handles, the oh, jewellery so of the home. what did you do for the finishes, the floors, the walls, the ceiling? An oak floor, Good. which ended up being the wrong colour. That was a disaster. But anyway, we'll just move on from right. that. Um, I have a, a, a black kitchen. I have, you know, dark grey stone bench tops. But then all I could choose for backsplash tiles. So I made sure there was, you know, no overhead cupboards. And I did the cheapest, easiest tile they had, which is 100 by 300 white tile. But I did that in a herringbone and then I went and ordered. I had to get four bags of it though, of yellow grout because I wanted to do yellow grout on my my white tile. So I've got three extra bags of yellow grout if anyone's (laughs) at all interested. But then I I ordered in beautiful brass lights from uh, a company in uh, Portland, Oregon and had those shipped over and got those rewired. Mm. So all through the house, anything that I could add personality and change, I did. So I didn't use any of the builders' lights, only a few downlights. I bloody hate downlights. Yes, So anyway, but I did things like, I had the electrician do, you know, two-way switching everywhere. So you walk into a room, turn the light on, turn it off as you go out. I also hardwired some of my GPOs so I could walk in and flick a switch and my, my lamps came on, yep. you know, like I was in American soap opera, yeah. all that, you know, all that fabulosity. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, my entry hall, I didn't do the timber in the entry hall. I, I did a brick look tile so that first yeah. part of my entry is really practical, but it looks different. And mm-hmm. So anything that I just left that off the builders thing and then we had our tiler come in and, and do that at the end. Wallpaper, lots of lots of wallpaper, and if I couldn't get the colour I wanted, I would get it custom printed in the US mm-hmm. and sent over. I'm interested, I'm interested <laughs> now because I thought of a question. So you, you've got a a blank canvas mm-hmm. as we've established. Mm-hmm. Now, as a designer, you yep. think, okay, I've got to get the surfaces right first, then things fall into place from there. Absolutely. So work out what your floors are going to be, your walls are going to be. You always start with the biggest surface. And have an idea surface. of lighting. Yes. And yep. they're the first things you need to decide on before you start worrying about wallpaper and other exactly. bits and So okay, I, I find as a designer, while I'm, yep. while I'm sitting at my drawing board, all of those different layers are ticking away in the back, of, in the head, back but, of my head But there are, the are an order in which these decisions Absolutely. need to be made. And, yep. it's, and it's what I always say to clients. When you're choosing your finishes, what's the biggest finish? So that's generally the floor. It's the greatest square meterage of, of finish. So that's that's where I start. Yeah. And then I just I tend to work my way up in terms of where I want my moments to be visually. So yeah. that's part of then when you're choosing your joinery colours and all that sort of stuff and your big surfaces. Is it a surface that you want to reflect light? Do you actually want that to be a little bit quieter there because you've actually worked mm. out that you're going to do pink and white check wallpaper over there? Or Like my dining room is the ceiling and the walls are, are pink and white buffalo check like a plaid. And I dropped the ceiling in there to make it even more... It's it's like it's like Not a full much. body experience, yeah. um, and the an in, and the, the curtains are 
are white with black Dalmatian spots. And then I have a, a beautiful faux bamboo chandelier that I got in from the States. And, oh, and my dining table, we got off eBay. It used to be in Frank Lowy's so boardroom. Need, you, need, you need some, some restraint. So you haven't got anyone restraining you, have no, you? No, no, because my husband's, no also a des- no, my husband's also a designer. Oh, and he's like, Christ. you know, but he's, he's a building designer. He's, you know, the nuts and bolts. And he's a cabinet maker by trade. So he loves... Vintage furniture, beautifully made pieces. So, I mean, he, he even went and bought a van because I was buying so much stuff on eBay and it was costing us a fortune to get it delivered. He's like, I'll stuff it, I'll just get a van. So, have you got the, you must have similar tastes, otherwise. Um, no, no. He'd live in a, in a, Brutalist box. He's uh-huh. he's far more architectural than so he, I am. So he's more, he's more natural raw materials. Absolutely, he loves Bauhaus and and you know all that stuff. Okay. So I, and whereas I, I, I I'm might get your, your husband for yeah, an interview. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep going. Sorry, girl. <laughs> so, but but he knows. Uh, I'm I'm more invested in things looking the way I want them to, and it and it truly makes me happy. Every day I look at my dining room and it's the last room in the house. It's what I call the destination space. Mm-hmm. And I always think as you do that journey through the house, that very last room, that has to, within that space, say everything you want to say in that house. It's the, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's the moment that you get to. Right. So there's this, you know, you're moving through the space, you're learning a bit more about the person who lives there as you go through. Oh, yeah, the okay. y- yes, it's the money shot. Right. Yeah. So you've got to get there and just go, uh-huh. I've arrived. This is it. This is the You've moment. You've revealed so much about you. <laughs> you realise that, don't you? I mean, you, you, it sounds as though you've got a 5,000 different amazing ideas and a you've lot. got a little corner for each That's one a, of them. I, I, do, I do, but there has to be a little string, a little thread that holds it all together. Correct. So, so that's so got to be your Well, like f- my pink and white dining room extravaganza, when you first walk in my entry hall, the one that's got the herringbone tiles on the floor, I've just done that section of ceiling with the wallpaper and I had them, you know, drop a little detail around so that there's a little heads up. You get a little taste. Mm-hmm. I always say if you're going to go really nuts in one area, have a little bit of something-something at the start. And if somebody's already registered it but in a smaller amount, by the time they make it to that big moment, they're yeah. like, yeah, I see what you're doing here. It's not like, Ugh. This is Better Ideas and I'm Peter Cahoon. Now don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and let your friends know you can join me each week for Better Ideas. I always believe the success and failure of great design often happens at the edges where things meet. Absolutely. Right. So with what you've described as a whole lot of different sort of ideas, do you leave sort of some blank space, some space around each one to sort of rest your eyes just to calm yourself? Always has to be breathing space. Before you move into the next sort of mood? Yeah, it's a little visual rest. Yes. So you need spaces to go. Okay, yeah. I'll just I'll just take a breath and and move on to the next. I find furniture placement also does that job really really well. So when I'm designing for clients, I will often start almost with my furniture plan and mm. then work all my spaces around it because I, I find so often people get to the end of their job and then they go, but I wanted a seven seater sofa and and they've been left enough space to put a little two seater in the corner and it doesn't all work. Well, so it should come out in the design brief early on. I, right? Well, it, it should, but it only comes out in the design brief if the designer asks the question. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of the time that can hmm. 
that can you know One, that's a that's a whole other podcast. It, it is another podcast, but I, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave this yep. conversation as an architect <laughs> without sort of asking you yes. where does natural light and connection with the outdoor and nature fit into your. It's absolutely key and it's actually a reason why after being in this house 18 months and creating this beautiful little jewel box, uh, we've we've bought our next um, project. So that is a a big 1976 brick flat roof. It's going to be a Palm Springs extravaganza. But the reason why we've moved after such a short time is because we don't like the outlook. You don't like the wallpaper anymore. No, we don't (laughs) like the outlook from the house. We've been... Yeah. Some things see, got, this is, some see, things this is got, where an architect would have said, hey, let's talk about no, the No, some things t- got built around the house ah, okay. after we were... Well, you were there. Yes, right, uh, we, yeah, we had... You couldn't... We've avoid. had some things built next door and we're like, mm, no, and I can't see enough trees. Another thing we did do, and I'm, I'm annoyed with myself because I did not take my own advice that I say to every client, we did an undercover alfresco area. Can I tell you, I hate them because what? they rob... Your mm-hmm. internal spaces of so much natural light. Now we face due north at the back, which yeah. is great. So we're a northeast orientation because we're we've got two side by side. So we have no light down our, our western side. So we've got a sort of you know kinks around at the back, and there's an undercover alfresco area which we did for the next person who buys the house because so many people love them. But we are not outdoors people. We do not sit in our backyard. I sit inside. The amount. Of light, it cuts out. Oh, yeah, right. Can't you just take the roof off it. What's what's it? Well, it, you know what? If we were going to stay there longer, we we were like, if we were going to stay in this house, we'd knock it down because I just it just, it, <laughs> it hurts my soul to lose that northern light. It really does. You know, so I, I sit in my dining room, my my beautiful, yeah. you know, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory dining room, because massive picture window to the north and and a, a view of a gum tree, and mm. it's stunning. Mm. So light is key, but. The block that we were working with, we were doing two side by side, and so it sort of it was what it was. Carol, every great stylist can be summed up with with some of the stuff that they choose. But what are some tips that work for everyone? Doesn't matter what your style is, what you like, yep. what you don't like. Yep. I've touched on the blank canvas and yes. building up from picking your big mm-hmm, services mm-hmm. first. What are a couple more tips people can use? Uh, be true to yourself. Go with whatever you love and. Don't just go to your average furniture store and buy what everyone else is buying. Get on eBay, get on Gumtree, get on Facebook Marketplace, hit the antique barns and and just wander around until something waves at you. Because when you see a piece that's meant for you, it will literally go, hello. (laughs) Murano Vanini chandeliers keep doing that for me. They wave at me and they say, here, come and hang me. And I've got beautiful ridiculous 80s chandeliers and all that sort of stuff. But I think people need to look outside the box of what we think is just, oh, I need a new bed. I'm just going to go and buy a new bed. No, look for something vintage. Look for something you can respray or repurpose. No one else is going to have it. In this house that we've just built, we have three new mattresses and I bought one of my sons a new bed. Every other piece in the house is either upcycled or I've had it reupholstered or it's vintage. Final question. Mm-hmm. Being a, a design mentor for seven seasons <laughs> on House Rules, giving yes. all sorts of advice and yep. all styles of mm-hmm. design and architecture, what's your favourite style? It's it's a little one. I've, I've coined the term Golden Girl Chic because I love that sort of Palm Springs but sort of extravagant. Yeah, like and golden, a, girl yeah, golden Girl Chic. 
Yeah. This is made up. Golden yeah, Girls. Yeah, because I love the Golden Girls and, and they're, they're sort of, I think they're in Palm Beach, Miami or something. Yeah. Their show is set, Florida. Uh, and it's just that sort of, oh, completely over the top. You know, I love faux bamboo furniture from the from the 60s and 70s from America and I I did ship a whole suite of furniture out that. So that's a whole other podcast. That was a nightmare. Um, yeah, I'm committed. I'm committed. If I, I think well, you're I'm honest. Bought, <laughs> I'll tell you what you are. You're honest. Golden girl chic. You, you've got to go I've, for what you love, and that's you know, it's not a thing. But I'm just like, I love chinoiserie wallpaper. I love faux bamboo. I love rattan. I love, you know, I love texture. I, you know, I love a little bit of shine, a little bit of sparkle. What's wrong with just a I love beautiful brass. piece of? Raw concrete. Um, yeah, see, again, you and my hubby would, Can you, know, you get him in the yeah, next time? I want to talk some brutalism. Yeah, do you know? <laughs> and, and I love brutalist architecture, but I don't think I could live in it. Mm. You know, and I love... See, this is where I Joanna love, Griggs and I depart as yeah, well. I, yeah, I love MCM. I, I love mid-century modern stuff. And we did toy with buying this beautiful sort of 60s house um, when we were looking for ours. But in the end, I was just like, I think by the time I bring my flavour to it, I'm, I'm going to ruin what's here and it needs to be left for somebody who's going to leave them as they are. But for me, the, I love the joy of transformation, which is why I'm you know, still on House Rules seven years later because seeing a house transformed in seven days is addictive. Yeah. It's like you would know in, in, you know, in your job, it takes us 18 months, two years to, to, yeah, to get a project done and... You know, it's it's a hard slog by then, whereas, you know, house rules is quick and immediate. And I think when I do my own house, I have probably now gone more for the impact pieces. Yeah, and the I quick fix. Yes, but it makes me – it gives me inordinate joy to yeah. just do something that's ridiculous. But your poor husband has to keep buying one the next week after yeah, that. Yeah, but, you know, look, Mike – And, and I've got two week. teenage sons. Yeah. You know, look, this is the first time we've done a quick change over. Our last house we were in for 12 years. So you know, I haven't. You know, I'm not too. Ba- I'm not too bad on him, but um, I I just it makes my heart so happy to change my surroundings and create something really bespoke and really different. And and I think as a designer too, you've got to play in your own house because if I'm going to go to a, a client and say, look, I really think we need to do bright orange front door and we need to do a yellow cooker in your kitchen and all these moments, you, you've got to you got to what's put your, your money biggest, where your mouth is. What's your own biggest personal design disaster? Oh, geez, that's a good one. Oh, lordy. Oh, I've never had one. I'm so good. (laughs) I'm getting your husband in to check that. He'll he'll have a totally different story. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat with a tiny designer princess. Now, for more great tips, better ideas, this Friday night, Better Homes and Gardens on 7 at 7. You've been listening to Better Ideas. Now, Loretta Farrell is my producer, Nikki Hamilton's executive producer, and I'm your host, Pete Calhoun. This is a Seven West Media podcast.